This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And we're excited to bring you this segment on Real Presence Live. It's called Straight Talk. It's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics related to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. When you hear the sound effect, please call 877-755-0122, or you can send your questions or comments to us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. So let's dive into Stray Talk. Again, that number, 877-795-0122. Father Nick, are you ready to go? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is this is the segment where I I earn my um, money, and hopefully they'll give me a you know a rate ten percent rate after this. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, so you can call us at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Also, if you go to Facebook and look under Real Presence Live, uh, you can uh, put your questions in there, and uh, I will then ask Father. And so we would love to to hear for everyone. So. Uh, Father, before we start, we were kind of talking uh, before the show started and uh, that beautiful scripture verse about you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And I uh, just wanted to maybe start with that with our uh, listeners here. And uh, why is that significant to you? Why is that uh, that passage important? Yeah, it's one of my, my favorite passages. And this, this past Sunday, I had the opportunity to preach on it. And uh, it's important to realize that you know Jesus, especially the analogy of light of the world, he just didn't get that out of nowhere. You know, in the old covenant, you know, the whole Israelite nation was meant to be this this light, this light to um, the world to draw all the Gentiles, all the nations into relationship with the one true God, and obviously um, weren't very successful at that on their own. Jesus Himself comes. And he succeeds where Israel fails. He draws all the nations, all the Gentiles, all the people um, into um, the one relationship with the, the one true God in that way. And so we can talk more about that in a little bit. But I um, looks like we have our uh, first question coming in on the phone. And I believe it was, uh, do we have a listener on the phone here? Was it Anna? Hi, Anna. Are you with us today? All right. So the the question actually came in through Facebook, and it says, "Why is Saint Jude depicted with a flame on his head?" Father, why is Saint Jude <laughs> depicted with a flame on his head? Well, um, I don't know especially, but I'm going to assume that it has to do with the way he was martyred. Um, that's usually a lot of the cases with um, the saints and their iconic iconic iconography is they're depicted as the way of their their torture or their martyrdom so i'm guessing that was that he was burned to death in that way so who was um, who was saint jude can you give, give us a little bit of information about saint him jude, um one of the one of the apostles and that's <laughs> at least um <laughs> top of my head this is um really all i can come up with right now yeah well it looks like we have some uh technology a friend to, here um, yeah yeah. Flame around his head represents oh also the the flame at Pentecost because like all the apostles Saint Jude was at Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit the descent of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost um, and so uh, what else do do we know about 
um, Saint Jude. Obviously, he's not Judas of Iscariot, the the one who betrayed Jesus. Um, so yeah, maybe that's that's all I'll say about Saint Jude. Um, <laughs> I I think that sounds sufficient to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, thank thank you, Anna, for that that question, and yeah. um, encourage you yeah to look up more. Um, on him that I can give to you this morning. Sure. Hey, I've got a question for you, Father. And uh, we're just a few weeks away from Lent, okay? And that will be starting. And um, I think it's important for us to start to think now, like to have a game plan. We talked uh, earlier today about intentionality, right? Yeah. And And sometimes I think we fall into this trap of, well... Lent just happens and we go through the motions and I think we, we, we try to do some things but how can we be intentional uh, this uh, this Lent and, and uh, maybe have a good plan and, and actually grow in holiness yeah one of the, the ways I think of being intentional is realizing uh, what Lent is all about you know we're joining Jesus in the desert for 40 days and uh, preparing for um, for Passion Week, for the Paschal Mystery. One of the analogies I like to use is I grew up playing sports, especially hockey. And so uh, in between hockey seasons, which was in the winter, in the, the summertime, spend time shooting pucks in the driveway, lifting weights, a couple times um, skating, um, you know, in the indoor rinks. Um, and that's all well and good. But you really started to get prepared. You really got motivated when we got to, you know, our training camp, which um, when I played down in Texas, we'd go down there in August and it'd be extremely hot. Um, but you're there with your team and you're all there for the same purpose, motivated to get better, to, to prepare for the season. And I think all of us, you know, we always have these desires to, to grow in this or that area, even spiritually, and to grow in virtue, to pray more. And uh, we can do that throughout the year, but sometimes we don't quite have the the oomph and the motivation mm -hmm. we need. And so Lent is that time where we can, we know everyone's doing this. We're all on the same team. We're all, we're all sweating. We're all um, sacrificing the same way. And it's just motivation to, to do what we, we know we need to do, um, to yeah. take those steps uh, to, to grow into the people that God wants us to be. Yeah. Again, this is the Straight Talk segment, and that phone number is 877-795-0122. So you can call that number and ask a question of Father Nick. Uh, also, if you're on Facebook, you can go and uh, click on Real Presence uh, Radio, and you can ask a question there as well. And uh, Father, I was just thinking as you were talking about Lent, um, some of the men at our parish uh, are getting ready for Lent, and we're looking at this uh, program. It's called Exodus 90. Are you familiar with Exodus 90? I am very familiar. And um, I think uh, it was interesting. We were talking with a bunch of guys, and it was like, there's a sense of wanting to do it, and then you read through it, and it's very intense. You were talking about how you were training for hockey and how it's hard. And, and there's a, there's, it's easy to be like, uh, it's just too hard. I'm not going to do that. And I think even with Lent, like some of these, I'm going to fast, I'm going to give up, I'm going to give alms, I'm going to pray more. But then people kind of like, when things are hard, we kind of back off a little bit. And why is that? Like, why is the disposition of our hearts? Like, shouldn't we, just like in hockey, like long to say, hey, I, I'm going to be the best I can be. W what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree, Ben. You know, growing up, strove for excellence in hockey and academics. And it was only later when I said also, you know, 
why not be a great man? Why not be a virtuous man? Why not be excellent? Why not, you know, uh, pursue being a saint? And and you're right. And these programs such as Exodus 90, which I am uh, familiar with last year, uh, directly participated with. Uh, this year, I know people and are helping as a, a spiritual director for another group of guys that I think it, it's just great. And, um, you know, it has the pillars of asceticism, the self-denial, prayer, and then also fraternity. And mm. I think the fraternity part again just to focus and again is, is so important um, mentioning you know we're working together the whole body of the Christ and during Lent is we're all okay we're all sacrificing we're you know especially the the minimum things such as you know um, not eating meat on on Fridays etc but then to have a more um, um, special, special, specified group of guys saying, "Okay, we're going to commit to these extra things and and really detach ourselves from the things of the world that keep us from God, that keep us from loving as we should." Uh, yeah, it's it's very edifying. And I think sometimes too that. about that, uh, you know, how easy it is for people just to have mindless time where you know we're on Facebook and Twitter, or social media, yeah. all these things, and we spend so much time. And then in this Exodus ninety, the difference is you kind of step back from that. But then you, in, it's not just saying, well, I'm just going to refrain from it, but in place of that is the context of relationship with other men. Mm-hmm. And that seems like that could be pretty significant in one's life. Was that your experience when yeah. you went and, through it? You know, especially just the, the idea of um, to take out what's unnecessary and put out what's unnecessary and, and being there turning that those times into solitude into relationship with the lord and being focused more on our responsibilities and duties as as men yeah great well again uh that number if you'd like to ask a question for father nick on our straight talk segment is 877-795-012 you can also ask a question on facebook Uh, we do have a, a question here from a listener and they say how do we keep the busyness of life whether it be work or activities in check when it comes out to living our main vocation of marriage any suggestions father yes thank you for this wonderful question and kind of correlates with one of the themes for the day is that intentionality Mm. and it's so key and i find with my own my own life the the morning time is when you have less things in your mind. You haven't had the busyness of the day come. Um, your willpower is the strongest. So you got to, the morning part is, I think, is very important. And I, so whether that's, you know, um, a husband and wife uh, spending time praying together, I'll remember a time in, in high school I was waking up to, to go work in, um, for a landlord and, you know, landscaping, painting, and all these things. And, getting up uh, relatively early early and going to the kitchen to get breakfast and in the living room saw my mom and my dad with a candle lit and they, they were praying and uh, they would pray a decade of the rosary and they would pray for each um, of the kids and each of our future vocations and spouses Yeah. and um, that intention that I think is so important so you know just like we, I like to tell my parishioners here with your relationship with God, you have a daily thing, the daily prayer, the weekly thing, you know, Sunday Mass, and the monthly thing, confession. I think you can think about doing that in your marriage as well, is, you know, daily time together, even if it's one Hail Mary together before you, you run out the door, is beautiful. And then, you know, do something a little longer once a week. You know, maybe you can't have a date night. I know some that 
couples that are able to do that once a week and it's beautiful um but i know that's not always possible even a, you know an hour or so um but even at night then even coming together and just you know how is your day honey you know for 15 minutes when yeah uh the day ends and then um you know once once a once a month if you can even uh, do something longer maybe have that date night once a month that way and uh I know yourself, um, Ben, as a, as a father and uh, as a husband, how do you, what, what would you suggest, anything well, you're w try working at with uh, your wife? Well, and I, I think, too, even beyond that, like I've worked in the context of the church for the last 15, 20 years, and it's interesting, my own experience is even in that, like we're doing work within the context of the church, and sometimes within that context is this battle for intentionality with the Lord, where I, I, I'm sitting here and whatever job I'm doing and getting ready to, to lead a group or a retreat and it's so busy there's so much going on and I got to get this email and this and this is in the context of the church and sometimes there there's the sense of like well I'll pray later <laughs> and my experience with that in 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 all honesty is that in the times when I'm like no my prayer is most important the work bears the most fruit in the times where I'm like I'm the one who's trying to do this work even in the context of ministry in the church uh, it suffers because when I pray I open my heart to the reality of Jesus Christ and, and his church and it's not just me it's the Holy Spirit pursuing my heart mm -hmm. inspiring me and then from that comes my work so if I try to go into my work even in ministries in the church and I don't have that prayer the ministries suffer yep. and is that is that your experience in, in other people you've seen working in the church maybe even yeah. in your own life as a priest like is it I'm sure you're busy <laughs> yes no, you're right and even there, there's some people I think who um, we can use even the church, the parish, as an escape from our homes. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, you know, we. What are we most responsible for? It's our relationship with our husband and our wife, and then you know our family. And um, sometimes some people will volunteer so much, and they use it as an escape from their real duties at home. Whether and it's and it's it, that's not good, and it can be different times, but. That's where we need to be sometimes, and to to face those little monsters at times, and and to to work on the things there. Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind is um, just remember, um, you can call in eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. This is straight talk with uh, myself, Father Nick Nelson, and um, Ben Frost. So please call in with your questions. We're talking a little bit about business and life and uh, the relationship with marriage and, and family. And the other thing too, uh, Ben, would be, you know, Sundays, you know, how mm -hmm. important Sundays are. And so it's not just the world and then the marriage, but also, you know, a world and then also our family. And um, if our family is also important to us, then I think naturally the, the marriage can become important too. Um, and so I just remember growing up on, on Sundays, we would have uh, pancakes, blueberry blueberry pancakes, and then um, my dad would make those. Oftentimes, he's a surgeon, so oftentimes he'd prepare the batter, go do his rounds, and then uh, come back. And if there was time for mass, he'd make the rest of the pancakes. And then we'd go to mass together. And then uh, that evening, we would we would have a meal together, usually a grill out. Uh, usually, we'd have hot dogs or hamburgers or something as kids, and my dad would have um, salmon and asparagus but um we were so busy with sports during the week and maybe again over busy but sundays at least were in a sense were sacred for yeah. the family time 
And it's that day of rest, yeah, right? Like it it's, that, it's the sense of, okay, we are going to try to be less busy and open up to God. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the most important thing on Sundays then is, is going and worshiping our Lord and receiving Him mm-hmm. uh, in the Holy Eucharist. And um, I could say, you know, that's, again, and going back to light of the world, salt of the earth, is like how can we be that witness in the world that the world needs today? And I think one of them is taking back Sundays in our families' yeah. life and, and showing how important that is. Um, you know, I was I was thinking as you know preaching this last weekend and how important different little things can can be. And uh, I brought I had a list, but I was wondering of you know you, for you, Ben, as a father, you know what are some of those ways that you think your family and want your family, your kids, your your marriage to be, you know, a, a light to the world, salt to the earth. Anything yeah. in mind? Yeah, I think uh, it's connected to everything we're saying here, right? Yeah. Like my family is busy. Like I'm I'm no different than anyone else. But how do we be intentional? And and in many ways, like try to create habits, right? So I think, I mean, how many times have we all gone to confession? We say, gosh, I want to do this. <laughs> but we have to take some steps to try to do that. And, you know, one example, these last couple of weeks, I was talking with my son and it was a beautiful conversation. He's opening his heart to me. And, and from that conversation, he had said, you know, I just, I don't read the Bible that much. And it was really struck, like I'm his father. And like, am I leading him and mentoring him and loving him enough as my son? And so I said, okay. I told him every morning as we're getting up for school, I said, we're just going to read five minutes of the scriptures. And, uh, and he, he has a hard time getting out of bed sometimes. So I come down, I flip on the light, and he kind of gets up, but he has his Bible right next to his bed, right next to his head. And we'll open up, you know, we do the Psalms and the Gospels, some from the New Testament, and usually it's just a few uh, verses. And to be honest, the first few days were hard. I, I skipped a day because I hadn't had that habit yet. But the more I said, this is important. This is my son who I love, who has a longing to grow more in the scriptures. Um, so it's trying to create that habit for me to say, I'm going to go down and I'm going to share the word of God yeah. with my son. And uh, that can be a challenge. I'm not perfect. But trying to work toward those habits, obviously you look at you know going to Mass as a, a family on Sundays. I realize a lot of people listening you have busy lives and you know many of you have kids that are in sports you know that's starting to take over weekends and that creates a challenge for you um but how do you create habits and be intentional to say no the mass is the most important thing in my life and that means going every sunday it's a commandment of god keep holy the sabbath and making that a habit in your life and and striving for that making sure prayer um, praying with, with your spouse, praying with your kids before they go to bed, praying over them. Just simple prayers. It's teaching them, but it's also opening their hearts uh, to the Holy Spirit. So that's one thing at, at night I, I try to do when I, you know, I tell them a story, and then I'll pray with them, pray over them, and then I'll, I'll bless them. And, and hopefully that then they're learning to pray, they're learning about that relationship with God, mm-hmm. and then can respond more uh, themselves. But it really comes down to how do we maybe create these habits, because I think we all have good intentions, mm-hmm. but sometimes those intentions can fall flat unless we have a game plan. Yeah. Again, this is Straight Talk. Unreal Presence Live, uh, your host, Ben Frost, and me, Father Nick Nelson, and that number is 877-795-0122. We have lines open and uh, willing to, to take your questions, 877-795-0122. Um, you, you know, when we mentioned sports, and I think that's a great way to be 
you know, light of the world, salt of the earth is, you know, getting to mass. I remember, you know, we'd, we traveled for soccer and hockey tournaments and we'd go to the, the hotel and the first thing we'd do at that time before smartphones and stuff was ask them, okay, where's the local Catholic mm -hmm. church? Call them up. Okay, what's your mass time? All right. If we're in the third place game, okay, we can go to this mass. If we're in a championship game, we'll go to this mass. And we, it was non-negotiable. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the other families, you know, noticed that. They, they knew that the, the Nelsons had to get the mass at some point, you know, and... Um, Granted, sometimes, I mean, a lot of times it didn't seem fruitful as far as other people, you know, acknowledging it. But sometimes other kids and players and teammates and families would, would join us for Mass. And um, I think, you know, that that's a great witness of how, yeah, we still can play sports and stuff. But we got to remember that, that Christ and, and God and our responsibilities are what we owe to him, you know, yeah. take priority. Maybe a question somewhat connected to what we were just saying. So you just asked me about my experience as a father and, and in families. And you're kind of on a different end of, of this question in, in that you have a beautiful relationship uh, with the families that you serve here in, in Cook and Tower and in Orr, Minnesota, yeah. at the, the different Catholic churches. So how would you explain your relationship, you know, flowing from the Mass, flowing from your life as a priesthood into families, and like, what do you see? What does that relationship look like, and and, and, and what do you see? Any words of encouragement for our families? Definitely. Um, I think sometimes people are intimidated by priests, and they're going to have them over to their house. They have to have, you know, everything pristine, and you know, um, have everything perfect, and a five-course meal ready for the priest, and that, that's really not so. And um, I truly think one of the greatest benefits of a family is having a priest involved in your life in some way. And I find one of the greatest and most important roles of a priest is, I know it sounds, it sounds really theological and high and abstract, is uh, that of a cheerleader, you know? Just cheering families on. And, you know, the, the families that come here are the families that live in their faith. I mean, I, I tell you, you know, you're the cream of the crop. <laughs> you know, I just want to affirm you and encourage you in, in so many ways. And I think um, so many times we're discouraged by, you know, our, our failures and, you know, the busyness of life getting to us. And, and um we need to realize, no, we're, we're doing okay. And to have a priest in your life who can can help you with that can also help um, deeper conversations, you know, within a family and between spouses sometimes and um, can help um, facilitate those things. I've just seen uh, remarkable ways, and it's a humbling thing as a priest is be able to be invited into those yeah. those conversations and to, to, to be that. and. Um, Do you ever get a sense that, I know at our parish we have Father Brandon Moravitz yeah. and we've had him over to our home several times for dinner and, you know, I've got six kids. It's absolute chaos. They're running around. The house is a disaster. The dishes aren't necessarily done. And sometimes I feel like as families there can be a resistance to be like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to let Father in because he'll see yeah. the reality of what yeah. I'm going through. And yeah. like, what would you say to that? Like someone who's like, I, I don't know. Should I invite Father Nick over and... It's Our kids are crazy. It's a mess over here. Like, how do you, how would you? It's a great analogy of us and God, right? We think that we need to have everything perfect before we let God in, and that's that's ridiculous. You know, we look at the state of the world when Jesus came into it, became man. I mean, uh, oppression, um, didn't even have a, a decent place to, to be born in. You know, his human, again, his genealogy wasn't, you know, perfect. 
and uh, God still came in there. And the same thing, I guess, uh, as a priest, we're, <laughs> we're human, and most of us grew up in families too. We know what it's like. I'm the oldest of six kids, so uh, I don't expect anything, you know, more than the craziness that was was in my my family. Wonderful. All right. Well, I think we may have a question on the phone. It looks like Joseph from Minnesota. Joseph, are you there with us today? Oh, yeah, I am. Thanks for taking my question. Great. What's your question for Father Nick? Yeah, uh, I was wondering why why Easter doesn't have like a a set day. Um, You know, like Christmas is always December 25th. Why, Why is Easter sort of variable? Yeah, that's a great question, Joseph. First of all, um, you know, it's important that it's a Sunday, right? Because that's the Lord's Day. That Jesus died or rose on a, on a Sunday and uh, became the, the eighth day for us. And so we celebrate that day every week. And it's important um, because it happened on the eighth day, the day after the Sabbath, um, Sunday, that Easter always is that. And therefore, you can't have a set date. And so um, the setting of Easter, the Easter date, always corresponds to um, the 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 lunar calendar and not so much the the um the sun calendar and so it's the first sunday after the first full moon after the the spring equinox so think of you know the first day of spring and then you know the first full moon after that and then the first sunday that's that's easter and then we work backwards obviously um until we get to ash wednesday so that that's why you know it's the importance of that being um, the day of the week that that Jesus rose from the dead, and we want to celebrate that day of the week, um, a Sunday, um, every year. Is that helpful? Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank Thanks. you, Joseph. Thanks for the call, Joseph. Again, we are on our uh, Straight Talk segment, and if you have a question for Father Nick, you can call in. That number is 877-795-0122. You can also go to Facebook and, and post a question there. We would love to hear from you. Just a, a few minutes left here, so get those those questions in. Again, 877-795-0122. Father... Um, I was thinking as well, like, we've been talking today a lot about, you know, St. Joseph and, uh, you know, our, our vocations. We've talked about family life and and how we strive to, to live out those vocations. But from a broader sense, like, our primary vocation is really to grow in holiness. Like, we're called to be holy. We're called to be saints. And should that really fuel all of those other vocations like what how should we con- continue to keep that in mind this this universal call to holiness yeah we could talk about you know um vocations as far as v's you know the size of the v the biggest v vocation is that universal call to holiness that um saint peter and andrew james and john leaving the nets to follow christ um Zacchaeus coming down and allowing the Lord to stay at his house that's that initial call to to be a disciple to follow Jesus in that way and we all enter that initially through our baptism whether as a baby and then or as an adult and for us who were baptized as babies that was confirmed in confirmation but that's our biggest vocation the most important one is to to follow Christ closely to be a disciple to become saints to have um to become another Christ, to have his grace transform us um, inwardly, um, to change us 
so that we can love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and our neighbor as, as ourself. That's the biggest V vocation, the most important thing. And everyone has that vocation. Every Christian has that vocation. And then God can call us to um, other vocations. Wonderful. All right, I have another question that has come in here, and it says, if somebody's been away from the sacrament of confession for 30, 40, 50 years, and they're terrified about sharing their sins with a priest, like what would you tell them? What word of encouragement would you share with them to maybe get them over that fear to say, this is a good thing for you to do? Um, first of all, if you can just show up there, get yourself to come, that's the most important thing. Obviously, we'd love to have you prepared. We'd love to uh, have you take, you know, half an hour, an hour to examine your conscience. But the biggest thing is just showing up. You can just get yourself in the room and don't even think about why you're going there. Just show up. Then the priest can, can help you through the, the, the end of it. But maybe just say, like, this is what every single human person has to do if they want salvation from from Christ is we have to repent we have to admit that our way uh, doing things our way our ego what we want isn't the way to go okay and to turn from that and to turn towards God's way every single person has to do that no there was no saint no no one who didn't have to do that and so sometimes I think like uh, for people who feel that they've been you know like oh I can't do that you know or um, whether it's too much pride I, I'm not going to do that da 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 um, or even too much, you know, despair, discouragement of sins. It's mm -hmm. like, um, no, that's what everyone has to do it. And, uh, it's so freeing. Um, and, and God is, is there, um, not as a, a tyrant, but as a merciful father who wants to bestow his, his blessings upon us. And maybe sometimes I think it's helpful to realize, okay, what happens if I'm not willing to do that? Well, I'm risking hell for all eternity and say, okay, no, I can do this. I can admit to God, my Father, that I'm, I was wrong and I, I want to be with Him forever. And that's that type of attitude is all you need, but it's what everyone needs. And no one's exempt from that. It's no one who gets by in some other way. That's the only way uh, to salvation. What about if they're thinking... I'm alone in my experience that, you know, maybe these other Catholics, they've been going and they kind of, they get to confess some of the sins from the last week or month or yeah. year. I have all these big sins. It's been 30, 40, 50 years. He's going to hear all these things from me that are just going to blow him away. And he's going to look at me with judgment and he hasn't heard half of these things before. What would you say to someone who th thinks those thoughts like, if this sins come from me, and it's been so long, and I have so many of them. How is he going to look at me? What would you say to someone? Yeah, I've been a priest almost seven years, and I think already, you know, nothing surprises me. You know, you can't tell me anything that um, I haven't already heard. And one homily, I, I um, compared it to fishing. You know, it's, it's nice to catch, you know, those little crappies here and there. But when you really fish, what you really want is to catch the big lunker. And so... I, in my homily, I said, you know, you know, I know there's some big lunkers out there, and so um, be okay with being a big fish and you know being caught. And after mass, a woman came out and she goes, "Father, I'm a big fish. I'm I'm going to come tomorrow to confession." And so, um, in a sense, to to know that that's what priests look for. Priests long for those big catches, for those big conversions, uh, to allow God to work through them and to uh, forgive sins in that way. And so, again talking about before the cream of the crop those who come to confession are the cream of the crop most people avoid god's mercy avoid confession so coming there's never at least today i don't see um 
you know, priests who get angry in that way. No, we're, we're grateful for that. And we celebrate as, um, you know, the, the prodigal son and the prodigal father yeah. speak of. That's a beautiful example that the uh, prodigal son and the father, and he just runs to, mm-hmm. it respects his freedom, but runs to him and says, welcome home, good and faithful servant. Well, yeah. I want to thank everyone for your questions today during our Straight Talk segment. And uh, it's been very good. Thank you, Father, for your insights. And, and uh, it's been a good show. It's been good being with you today. So uh, we are going to actually preview our next show. And I'm going to hand it over to our technical director, Eli, who's going to tell you a little bit about that. All righty. Thanks, Ben. You know, we had a great show today, but we've got another great show coming up tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. You know, it's a big day for the Diocese of Sioux Falls tomorrow with the ordination and installation of Bishop-elect Donald DeGrood. And so, really, we want to reflect that with tomorrow's Real Presence Live. Father Randall Kaisel and Steve Sponskowski will be live from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. You know, like I said, it's an exciting time for the Diocese of Sioux Falls as they prepare for that ordination and installation. And what does it take to pull it all off together? Well, we'll find out as we visit with Melinda North. Also, Bishop John Gwynn of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, will reflect on his own ordination as he talks about his excitement for the ordination of Bishop-elect DeGrood. And as a close friend of Bishop-elect DeGrood, Bishop Cousins of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis will share his perspective on the upcoming ordination. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on tomorrow's Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Also, after uh, our our regular Real Presence Live tomorrow, a couple hours afterwards at 2 p.m. Central Time, we're really excited to bring you the uh, ordination and installation mass live from the Cathedral of St. Joseph there in Sioux Falls, starting at 2 p.m. Central Time, all across the Real Presence Radio Network on the air. Also, you can uh, listen to that on uh, on our app. Just download the Real Presence Radio app, and you can also find it find it uh, streaming online at yourcatholicradiostation.com. So we're really excited about that. That and a whole lot more coming up tomorrow. Back to you. Thanks, Eli. Father, it's been a really good day today. I was just reflecting on, you know, we had Anna in earlier today sharing with us about uh, the beauty of doing a holy hour. And we talked about marriage and family life. We had Dr. Ray talking about uh, the beauty of family. And then now in our last segment, a lot about intentionality, uh, the love of God and his mercy. Maybe just in this last minute, um, any thoughts for our listeners today to to know of of God's great love uh, for them and his mercy? Yeah, the church is a family, and um, we get to have the awesome task of trying to image the the family of um, the Blessed Trinity and the Holy Family in our own. And um, like to say, the fact that we are Christian, the fact that we're striving to walk this road, you know, we are holy families, and just striving to to be ever more holy and and more of that light of the world and salt of the earth uh, to the world that um, most desperately needs it. Yeah, amen to that. And uh, we just hold that up today. It's It's been a great show. And uh, continue to, to strive for that universal holiness that you've talked about. Yeah. To say that, strive for that big V and uh, know that God is, is so faithful. And so to all of you, we just want to thank you for uh, listening with us today. And we hope you will join us again tomorrow. Uh, have a very blessed day. Uh, we're out here. God bless you. Have a good God show. God bless everyone. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. 
Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.